produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. episode of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3, Derek, Ken, and myself, Mike. And we're also being joined by members of the Smugglers Alliance, Jeremy from the Neverland Podcast, Stephen from Rocco Depot, and our part-time host, John Tyler Christopher, who you might also know from Marvel Comics. How's everyone doing? I, I just wanted to throw this up here. I just ordered my hockey jersey for the show. It's official Sweet. in the mail. Sweet. You know, I think rocking it. We may have to do something where we get if people order jerseys. I'll put it out there now. Let's get anyone who orders anything off the site. Post pictures of it after you get it. We'll go through March, first quarter of the of twenty nineteen. And we'll take a post it on our Facebook, post it on Twitter, post it, post it on Instagram, tag us completely. We'll come up with a prize for for whoever in from everyone who submits. We'll come up with a prize to send you to send a lucky listener who's wearing Wookie Radio Guard from our store. You might be able to contribute something of a somewhat of something of a prize for that. Anti just went up. <laughs> Do you get bonus points if you're dressed as a Wookiee wearing the jersey? <laughs> I would consider that, yeah. So our hosts, our co-hosts disqualified from this contest? <laughs> <laughs> I'm more close as a Wookiee. You are a Wookiee. <laughs> or at least you were in the wrestling ring. Oh, I'm blushing. Um, well, it you is. smell like them too. <laughs> and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Um, That's why we did over Skype. <laughs> it is our final episode of 2018. Uh, we're going to do best of, worst of, and also touch briefly on some of the stories that have come out within the last week. Um, also, too, I hope I, and wish for everyone out there that I hope the great Jedi Master, Santa, comes and visits y'all this year. <laughs> okay, I'm, I I'm, thought he was just known as S. Claus in the Star Wars universe. Actually, I'm stealing this from my daughter's winter show that she was a part of at her school. And it was a Star Wars themed winter spectacular. Oh, my goodness. And the storyline was the great Jedi Master Santa. It was S-A-N space T-A-A was delivering <laughs> gifts across the galaxy while ch- while trying to avoid being caught by Darth Vader in the evil empire. <laughs> You got so, a video of this, right? I have some video of it, yeah. Uh, I, I have a video of my... Your, please tell me your daughter was able to play B. Arthur's role from... Uh, <laughs> Actually, my, my daughter was in two scenes. Uh, first scene was the, she danced to the cantina music. <laughs> And they brought and she was one of four kids chosen to wear a mask that looks like the canteen one of the cantina band members yes. at the very end. Uh, second second song, she goes, "Daddy, we're doing a we're doing our t- our tap dance to a Star Wars Christmas song. A Star Wars Christmas song. What are you talking? Like, okay, so which song are you doing? I don't know. It's the one with R two D two and C three PO singing. Like, <laughs> uh, there's quite a few. Which one? It's got birds in it too." Like, all right. So we're going through, and, and I start going through Christmas in the Stars, the Star Wars Christmas album. She goes, you've got this? So, yeah, you're listening to it right now. 
And then we hit sleigh ride. She's like, that's it, daddy. That's it. Like, All right. Here it is on your phone. So you can practice. <laughs> so cute, dude. So, oh man. So I think we will adopt on this show every Christmas that the wishes for Jedi master Santa to, to come visit you every year. So bring presents for, if you stay on the good, the light side, but if you go to the dark side, you might do something bad to you. <laughs> I, I'm thinking he may leave you droppings from Nibbler from Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, yeah, we'll we our starship with that, that. So, hey, you know. Does that mean this the Sith version is cram pus? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Since we mentioned Sith version, um, I want to start off with this story. See how you guys feel about this. Apparently. Okay, where did my story go? Apparently, the final issue of Darth Vader which come find out was apparently announced at New York Comic Con but seemed to dodge the majority of the news media out there because I don't remember hearing about it. I don't remember seeing anything from Marvel talking about it. But issue 25 that, uh, what, has just come out or is about to come out? Yes. Came out this week. Just came out. That's it. So here we have a second very wonderful series stop after 25 issues. Is there just no going more than 25 issues with Darth Vader? I think there is, but I I know Charles had a very, because it's funny, honestly, um, when we did Celebration last year, Charles was down there and it was, they announced that series. Um, down in the celebration and yep. he and I had a chance to talk about it um, and I know that he had a very like definitive story he wanted to tell like there were things and aspects you know uh, it being the first the first arc being about how Vader got his lightsaber and he really wanted to delve into that aspect of the mythology of how do Sith get lightsabers you know um, so I wouldn't say that's it for Darth Vader's stories. I would just say that I think Charles didn't want to wear out his welcome. You know, similar to like the look at Gillian's run on the first Vader series. It it ended and it ended at a great place. It didn't try and extend until, and I'm sure if somebody else has a great Vader story to tell, Marvel will be happy to make it. I'm just wondering if it's one of those Vader, any Vader series that comes out is now kind of, do we assume it's just going to be 25 issues? Is well, there a chance? Gonna... they did announce that Vader Dark Visions miniseries, and that's only going to be like five issues, I think. That's a mini. <laughs> that's a mini. It's Vader, though. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, the more little limited series you can make, I mean, the more special each one is. I mean, uh, that, right. that was kind of a big thing in the 90s. How many how many Gambit limited series did we get right. in the late 90s? You know, you just do a little short thing like, hey, we got a special story. We're going to put it out. And it might be only be 25 issues, but oh, look, here's a story you're going to want to check out. And then it becomes a special thing. And then you you can do another one later when, oh, wait, we got another great story for you. And so well, it makes sense. And, and, well, I mean, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, too, Charles was for a good chunk of that double dipping between Vader and Poe Dameron, which also ended this year. Uh, some great runs with both. Right. And no, I, I mean, I think if you look at the current state of comic books, though, I mean, it seems like everything's a limited run. How many times Avengers <laughs> go back to number one and Spider-Man goes back to number one? You know, like, and if it, I think if it's done appropriate, if it's a gimmick, okay, I get it. But again, with the Vader stuff, like knowing Charles, and I, I'm not like claiming that we're homies or anything, but from what I know of him and, and the work he does, you know, he's got a story to tell and he doesn't want to keep it going after it should end. Like right. beginning, middle and end. When that story's done, move on to the next thing and make it, you know, tell that story. Right. My favorite part, and I guess I can tell, say this now, the, the series is coming to an end. I don't think it ever actually happened. But one of the things he and I nerded out about in Celebration was, um, I believe it was the second arc. And I'm drawing a complete blank on the Jedi Master that he fought. Um, the big, big dude with the beard and he just wrecked Vader at the beginning of it. But uh, at the time we were talking about it and he was like, so Vader's going to get beat up. And we'd actually been into, we discussed the concept of Vader getting different armor for a short period of time. Oh, that'd be cool. And the idea being that it was going to basically mirror McQuarrie's original Vader designs, Mm. which I thought would have been really interesting. And I got really excited because we were talking about possibly doing an action figure cover. Oh, that kind of style. Yeah, that would have been sweet. That would have been sweet. So, 
Well, There's a little behind the scenes. <laughs> Since this is our last episode of the year, um, usually I wouldn't have spoiled this so quick, but spoiler alert. Apparently, Charles has brought fanboy theory and made it canon that Vader's father is actually Palpatine. Oh my gosh, I'm shocked. It was only oh, completely told to us in episode three. Jeez. <laughs> Every time I've seen this posted on Facebook, I'm like, really? Did we not know this? I mean, I know some people tried to. The, the real theory was that uh, Darth Plagueis was somehow Anakin's father. That was the theory. But, I mean, Palpatine flat out just told Anakin, yeah, I... I created your father. I created you. I mean, this is not news to me. I'm just glad that they've, I guess they've kind of put a nail into the coffin of people who were cramming up with the Plagueis theories. Yes. <laughs> but we, we kind of see how it, it came about. Uh, it's a great three panel um, thing showing how he, how it all comes about. Um, and I want to say too, wasn't, I haven't picked up my copy of the book yet. But I was told there's also a great tribute back to the Phantom Menace poster as well in the, hmm. in the book. Look. So, um, so yeah, I, think I heard that though. I, I just thought it was interesting that okay, now comes the time that we're on late arrest, all the fan theories, and now here's the official canon, and that's Palpatine is in fact Vader's father. Vader's well, father. That means Vader killed his dad. That's and then patricide. His, and then his grandson Kylo kills his dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the family business. The only one not it's following the- along was Luke. <laughs> Snap, that does mean that the Emperor is Luke's grandfather. Yeah. Something I never put together. Yeah. Yeah. never attached. Actually, if you think about it, Luke did kind of kill his dad. Yeah. By killing the the Emperor and taking away the Emperor, the the Sith, or there's theories about that too, that the suit's partially powered by dark side force ability, but with the, um, shoot, I can't think of the phrase, with the collapse of the dark side at that moment, causing the suit to stop working, Luke, in a sense, killed his father. Well, that's that. still a palpit. I mean, because Luke was pretty much dying and, and, you know, Anakin returned at that moment uh, to kill the Emperor. I mean, this, right. this still falls completely. Even with this, that's kind of an odd theory. I've never heard that before. But even that would be more Anakin stopping it and Anakin destroying the dark side. But I still lean with the electricity that hit Vader, shorted out all of his life support system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know that why people have to come up with theories that we don't need a theory for. The truth is in the movie. Come on, people. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Welcome to Star Wars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm one of those people I didn't go through and read all the expanded universe because it contradicted itself for one and I don't have that kind of time to read that many books so you know I didn't cry over the loss of the books you know they even re-released them if you want to read them they're still there and you can still enjoy those books you know and I don't get lost in crazy fan theories I'm like look I'll watch the movies and I'll watch them multiple times and I'll just take the context of what's actually in the film I don't need to dive into theories because next thing you know you're thinking every single Disney movie is somehow related you know, you people dive into this weird area. I'm like, why are you? Why are you going there? Are you just bored? No, wait, you know, wait. It's like, come on, just enjoy the movies and what's in there. They tell you everything you need. So it was the Death Star when it got blown up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so pop maker at the cantina. <laughs> so you're saying, Jeremy, that Star Wars: Attack of the Clones is not a part of the Frozen Little Mermaid Tarzan. <laughs> Mythos? <laughs> Has somebody actually gone that far? No. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Now, granted, I, I'm somewhat guilty. Of course, we we were kind of talking in fun. Uh, we actually solved what happened to Luke at the end of The Last Jedi in one-way episode of the Neverland podcast. We suddenly realized, wait a minute, there's a J.J. Abrams connection. And what if there's a Star Trek connection? Because Marvel, for a while, I think, didn't have the rights for Star Trek The Next Generation, didn't they? So what if actually what happened to Luke is he got beamed aboard the Enterprise, and we're about to see Captain and Kirk and crew show up in the next Star Wars movie because J.J. Abrams is there. <laughs> as long as long as I get a Kylo Gorn fight, I'm in. Yes, yes. that would be awesome. <laughs> With the great big foam rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as cheesy as you can get it. Oh my god, that would be so awesome when Ray lifts the, lifts the rocks. At the end, somebody just walks in off screen and just picks it up, and they're like, "Dude, it's made of foam. This isn't foam. This isn't impressive. Come on." <laughs> Would it, would it seem weird if General Hux was uh, leading a whole horde of Klingons? 
<laughs> it would crush that patak. That would be awesome. Oh, uh, maybe Lego Dimensions this could make this happen for us. <laughs> now, we talked about this last week on this show, and uh, I'm going to say we were kind of right in our theory. Last week we talked about, oh, the Star Wars trailer for Episode IX's coming because people overheard at Hollywood Studios in November. Stay tuned for a sneak peek at a galaxy far, far away. Well, oh, yeah. All right. We are getting a sneak peek on ABC during the Christmas parade of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge during the Disney Parks Magical Christmas Day Parade, which is what I had mentioned. And I had no insider information about this. Um, you know, even with where I work, I have no inside information on this. However, you know, really, if you've ever watched the Christmas parade, you would expect it because that parade has become kind of a commercial for everything upcoming in the Disney yeah. parks. And the biggest <laughs> thing coming this year in 2019 is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Exactly. So, is that not every, shocking. <laughs> is that every Disney special on ABC? Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> quarterly commercial? Well, the special that comes out around Thanksgiving is almost <laughs> deemed the the Disney State of the Union address because you know the Dis- the Disney physical year starts in October whether it's here or or California the Walt Disney Company's physical year starts in October so when that comes out in right around Thanksgiving okay that's within the two month period sort of like the presidential State of the Union it, it, it it's the state of the state of the company address. It's done publicly. Um, what we get, what we don't get, don't know. But with so much that has come about with the Galaxy's Edge, I am not surprised at this point in time to hear <laughs> we're getting a sneak peek of the of Galaxy's Edge during the Christmas special. Yeah, I know. Although I'm looking forward to seeing it. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, what type of things are you hoping to see in this sneak peek? The Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I want to see the cockpit right out. Yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about the mission, you know, and because uh, uh, I, you know, they can fit. How many that they say that they could run at a time? Um, I, I know they were just uh, came out, but one number I heard was like two hundred and some. Yeah, they're expecting at least like that money. I think opening day, and so yeah, I would like to kind of see how you know because I figured they got multiple cockpits, but you're going to get to walk through the Falcon and see all the interior. Yeah. I mean, I I, I kind of want to see that, you know, show that to me, you know, and yeah, yeah. even I would love to even see Lando's closet still somewhere you know <laughs> I, I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking the Falcon itself is going to be a queue line you're yeah. probably going to go out the opposite end through like maybe the air the airlock connecting door or whatnot yeah. into an actual ride building that's got the different cockpit yeah kind of like the Haunted Mansion where the elevator actually has two different openings to go to di- two different ways to get yeah. in and yeah but yeah you, you have like the one area and you can just walk through and you're actually in the building and then they actually have whatever sort of like Star Tour does you have multiple speeders in there yeah now i'm hoping too that we see a little bit of news on the other major attraction that's supposed to be in there um yeah was it like, rise of the first order or something something like that where you go yeah. through and it's, supposedly the ride stops halfway you get out and you're still battling stormtroopers <laughs> cool oh if that's right i want to know more about this is this what's actually going to happen so it'd be great if it was I'd actually like to even see some more preview of the resort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to see that. I, last time I drove through, they were still clearing land. But they can show some of the concept art off, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, moving right along, we know Mandalorian's coming out. Uh, we have um, a little bit of news about Nick Nolte, but another Mandalorian that's been popping up is Star Wars Rebels Sabine. Uh, Tia Sakar has come out and says she would love to portray Sabine in uh, a live action appearance. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see them do it. And I, yeah. I, well, we talked about this. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, and Mandalorian would be a great place for it to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, these Rebels characters and stuff and the um, Clone Wars characters, if they're going to show up live action, I think this is going to be the first place, especially with um, Dave Filoni. We've seen since he's done uh, Rebels, he's done uh, Clone Wars. He, you see he's got a through line of char- certain characters that keep coming back and keep recurring on his projects and stuff. This would be the place to do it since he's he's um, executive producing and directing the first episode. So if you're going to see one of his characters go from animation to live action, this will be the place to do it because you know he's going to be the one to introduce 
introduce them into the live action realm. Right. Of course, there's claims that Sabine's helmet was spotted while filming an episode of The Mandalorian. So uh, it's quite possible um, if she is playing Sabine, uh, having seen her at Celebration and having seen some of the other press conferences she's been involved with uh, for the Star Wars universe. She's pretty tight lipped about what happens. So, well, of course, non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> well, I, I think it, I, I think it's more of a fear of da- <laughs> of, of upsetting Dave Filoni more than anything else. Yeah, so. I think that would be really that would be huge. Um, because I think that look. We love the cartoons. Um, You know, a lot of us love the comic books. But for a large portion of the audience, it's all about the live action stuff. And when Disney Plus comes out, the TV series... Right. Um, you know, for my mom, for example, with the whole Netflix Marvel stuff, like if it's not on the big screen, my mom doesn't know about it, nor does she really care. I think having an introduction to those characters into a live action setting with Disney Plus can only do amazing things to open the doors of the animated properties right. to, a, to a broader audience. So I think I think it would be a very intelligent thing for all parties if that were to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, they got to have some curious people with Darth Maul showing up in Solo. Yes. Oh, exactly. There you go. That was a great one. That's a great call. That's exactly how my wife is. Her uh, her extent of Star Wars knowledge doesn't go past the movies. So some, like a, something like a live action show would be good. Yeah. Well, I think it just it adds that validity to because you know, like my, my wife is was is somewhat similar to that, but with our kids, I convinced them to watch the Clone Wars, and my wife, who is not an animation fan um, at all, she walked away from it. She's like, "Wow, the Clone Wars is probably the best Star Wars thing out there." Like she fell in love with it. And I think anything, especially with Disney plus, like it's all going to be there, you know, kind yeah. of a thing. I'm assuming. Right. Um, so anything you can do to be like, Hey, that Sabine Wren girl on the Mandalorian was awesome. And like some nerd friend of hers might say, you know, she was in a cartoon and you can convince her to watch it and be like, Oh my gosh, that's super cool. Yeah. 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 Well, oh, yeah. Well, you know, if Sabine shows up, we uh, that makes it that much easier to for us to actually see Ahsoka in live action too. Oh yes, that we saw was the two of them together. Yeah, my well, problem is there's not a, there's not a person alive that's worthy to play that that part. You do it. <laughs> live action and animation both. So. Yeah. Well, speaking about other characters, apparently several sources are saying Nick Nolte is playing mm-hmm. a Ugnot. <laughs> <laughs> not well, make up required. Well, is he playing in the show? <laughs> oh, I went there. <laughs> I <was gonna> say, <laughs> they're not going to have to go far with the makeup. <laughs> um, uh, are they going to try and shrink him? <laughs> Does Nick Nolte ever play anything but Nick Nolte? Like uh, every character he plays is just Nick Nolte in a different character in a different um, yeah, name. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's a lot of people who can get away with that. I mean, John Wayne was legendary for it. Clint Eastwood's still pulling it off. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah, we were Will Smith about- is still doing it. <laughs> Christopher Walken has done it for years. Yeah. yeah. Now, according to MakingStarWars.net, um, there are articles saying Nolte's portrayal will not be digital, nor will it include the actor in in any type of costume. Uh, well, it, yeah, when you got a big name like that, you're going to just yeah. throw him out there, and he's odd-looking enough that you could you could go for it. <laughs> Are they trying to say he's so rough-looking that he looks like an Ugnaught as is? <laughs> exactly. I... I... I, I, I'm put. I think I'm going to be pushing my own standards for the show, but I'm going to say Nick Nolte looks worse than most tour groupies who have been ridden hard and thrown to the curb. Um, and that's that's an adult comment, kid. So please well, don't they, ask. They at least got to give him like little tusks that come out of his mouth because all the all the Ugnats got like little t- pig tusks that mean, come out of their mouths. I mean, on top of the ones well, yeah, he already if, has. If they get Gary Busey in there to with them, then you got a pair. <laughs> <laughs> um, <be> amazing <laughs> but it also says Here's too it, that youngin. <laughs> Misa was going to do this but Misa forgot to wear a helmet bashed head really bad <laughs> um, it does not appear Nulty is performing the role on set either so maybe instead it's a new practical animatronic mask, which is a possibility. Um, what Nick Nolte is going to be in this? 
He's gonna be the voice of the computer somewhere. <laughs> maybe he's a droid. Um, so yeah, maybe. So apparently, this animatronic mask has been developed that works on voice commands. So the mask, which is being worn by a small woman, matches Nolte's inflection perfectly. The mask mouth movement is said to be phenomenal. Hmm. Oh, cool! So he has done voice work for other movies before. Yeah. So I guess I could see him just doing the voice work on this one. Uh, sources have also revealed that the mask is being developed being developed by Stan Winston, oh. the, the Academy Award-winning yeah. special effects makeup. Uh, of course, you know him from Iron Man, Terminator, the Terminator series, Aliens, the original Jurassic Parks, and the first two Predators. And so. pretty much, you know, all the best <laughs> yeah. special effects and creature oh, yeah. I would, and- I would love to go check out the Stan Winston shop. That'd be a cool yeah. place to go. I know. Now, this next there's, point, go ahead. There's basically two creature shops to watch out in Hollywood. Jim Henson and Stan Winston. Other yeah. than that, there's no, everybody else is a way behind. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, this next line I absolutely love as well. Apparently, Nolte had Nolte never had to step foot on the Mandalorian set. It seems he did his entire part in just a few hours in a makeshift recording studio in a linen closet. <laughs> <laughs> he must have been at the DC, DC Superpowers studio. Wow. So he's able to sit in the linen closet and go, what is all this sheet? <laughs> oh. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, Nick Nolte, Mandalorian as a pig. Not much of a stretch. All I know is Weathers had better be like an old mentor character type guy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I was, I was looking forward to a, a Hot Toys Nick Nolte action figure, but now it's just going to be a nug nut. <laughs> <laughs> but in your heart, you'll know it's a Nick Nolte toy. <laughs> The voice works. I mean, if you think about his, like, gruffy, grizzled voice, I can totally see that as, you know, sometimes. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about there, John. Yeah. You know, I think it's Hold, or, uh, oh, who's the pirate guy with the starts with an H? The guy who had a, a sidekick who was Pondo? an Ugnaught. You don't think it's Pondo's Ugnaught, do you? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. No, it, it's not, because Hondo's Ugnaught dies. I do hope it's Hondo's Ugnaught, because that proves Hondo's in the show. I want to see a live action Hondo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, th- yeah, I thought... Even if they had to do, like, a CG thing and just get Jim Cummings to come back and voice him again, it would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought Hondo's Ugnaught was, was killed in like season three. He had like a fake death scene, I thought, because um, they did a fake out with him and then uh, somebody else died for real, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, taking this back to Galaxy's Edge, one of the biggest rumors I've heard anywhere is that, that um, Millennium Falcon Ride is supposed to be hosted by Hondo. He's the one sending you on missions and stuff. Really? I hope that's true. I would love that. Ah, I don't know. If I, awesome. I, I don't know how I feel about it because I think the most of the people that are going to the park to see Star Wars have never even heard of Hondo. No. So they're not going to go here to see Hondo. They're going to want to use. I would think they would want to use a character that people are going to show up to want to see. Yeah. We yeah, will. That's, that's where like Hondo. That, there's like this interesting line, right? Of and this is this is a balancing act of. And we've talked about this with the movies as well, right? Like you you have to do stuff that appeals to the the mass audience. 100%, but also you need to find that balancing act of leveraging the name recognition and the brand recognition to grow the brand and, and expose people to new things. Like, mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Like, when Hondo's the last name I think of, when I think of Millennium Falcon, I'm thinking you just pay Harrison Ford an obscene amount of money to do a voiceover leading you on a mission. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, except for the, the one thing that was this being set in the newer trilogy. I mean, at what point during the newer trilogy does does this take place? So are we going when Han Solo has been killed or after? I, and and this, if Hondo is there, how old would Hondo have to be? At, at this point in time, if I remember right, it, it's everything, supposed to be after episode nine. Everything's supposed to be current to what's with the films. Okay. So maybe Daisy Ridley doing the voice of it would Possibly. make sense. Or Finn. Yeah. Or, or Finn, yeah. yeah. In any of those characters, like, as the yeah. main crux, but then you would introduce, like, the Hondo as a, maybe, like, one of the side missions you go on would involve him. Or you mentioned, similar to, like, how, you know, they mentioned uh, Chopper and, um, uh, um, oh, my gosh. Rogue One. 
Rogue, in Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, Sindula. I yeah. General Sindula. Um, you know, like that's a that's a that's a little fun Easter egg for us, but I think you can be a little more forward with it, especially in the rides of again educating the masses to like there's more to this. Like it's always fun when like the parent walks out and they're like, Hey kid, you know, son, daughter, who is that? I mean, for us, we're the exception to the rule, right? We're the, we're the guys telling our kids about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But to, like, educate the consumer, grow it, grow the brand, see where it goes. Yeah. Well, also, what if this is one of the last recordings of Carrie Fisher? Oh, wow. That would be kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if would, Princess Leia wouldn't be the one to introduce you on the Falcon, though. Well, except for, you know, at the end of that last movie, that's kind of where the rebellion is. So yeah. it's yeah. back in rebel hands. So maybe it's like Leia's going to send you on a mission to smuggle something? Yeah. Possibly. Well, maybe. It'd be funny if Chewbacca tells you what to do and you have no <laughs> idea what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get any of that. Sorry. <laughs> well, the other one with Hondo to take it back to the Mandalorian also, though, if they do introduce Hondo into the Mandalorian, that could actually help tie it into Galaxy's Edge if Hondo's on the right there. Then people will actually know him from the TV show, The Mandalorian. Then you see him on the Falcon and Galaxy's Edge and people know who it is. Right. right. We have to th- I mean, like this is something that, like, for example, Marvel Studios has done exquisitely, and they just take the pages from the comic books of, you know, they introduce these characters in their movies movies and everyone is like well who is that no one's gonna who's wasp no one cares about wasp and lo and behold now she's got her own movie mm-hmm. you know? right um, yeah it's it's just it's a, it's a it's a smart backdoor move you know yeah and heck even now now we've introduced miles morales to everybody exactly right. you know i mean the whole spider-verse thing is so funny to me because it just people are constantly telling the world how they can't make comic book movies like comic books. And every time they make a comic book movie, it just comes to with rave reviews. Right. I'm going to say this as well. Unless you're doing a DC universe movie, then uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say this as well for my daughter into the spider verse has brought spider Gwen to a household level and spider ham. Hooray for spider ham. Yes. Back. (laughs) So, um, um, now, how do you guys feel about this one? Black Panther composer uh, Ludwig Goranson is going to be doing the soundtrack for The Mandalorian. Awesome. He's going to be scoring The Mandalorian. Interesting. I, I'd love to see what sort of tribal type of things he can come up with. be like Mandalore's type of music, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, year, awesome. Years ago when uh, Star Wars Republic Commando came out with the old LucasArts website, you were able to go and download some of The Mandalorian chants that were featured in the, in the, uh, in the show or in the video game. Um, wonder if I could find them. I have them. I was nice. able to download them. Uh, buried somewhere deep in your library. <laughs> I actually, if I could get, <laughs> if I could get my Christmas music, <laughs> Christmas music, you say, Oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Call back. Yeah. Figure out where it went. No, I, look, man, I, I love the music in black Panther. Um, all across the board yep. and I'm really just, as we've discussed like you know when we talked about the Mandalorian last time just I'm really curious to see what the tone is of the show and yeah I'm, I'm really really hoping that it's something unique and different and doesn't just feel like quote unquote another Star Wars show but it feels like you know it has its own flavor and tone and I think the music can play a huge part in that oh definitely my hope is and I'm in the right spot uh yeah, I'd kind of like to see, like, you know, the scattered Mandalorians, you know, trying to bring their culture together and maybe reclaim a new planet and bring back Mandalore in some fashion, you know? Yeah. That'd be interesting. Well, he- here's some of the music from uh, Republic Commando. I don't hear anything. Good stuff. Listen. This is with Jesse Harlan who did this. This is just one of the instrumentals. This is one of the chants. 
uh, this is called Rage of the Shadow Warriors. Again, featured on Star Wars Republic Commando. Are we sure that wasn't in Klingon? Um, <laughs> I was literally thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I dug it. Like, to me, like, that didn't sound like Star Wars. And I'm cool. Like That's what I think they should do with it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I kind of hope he he um, he consults with, with Jesse Harlan on this since Jesse had already delved into the Mandalorian realm with, with the music. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so. Look, you're, you're going to have those iconic Star Wars songs and music beats because this is an integral part of Star Wars, but I think you can juxtapose that or tie it into a different style of music, similar to like we discussed with like the flavor of the show. It'll give it its own unique vibe and kind of set it apart, but yet make it feel cohesive into that universe. And that's the key. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh... And then the last story I've I found for this week is episode nine details confirm a time jump after the last Jedi. Yeah, I just saw that today. Good, makes so, sense. Yeah, because I, I've you know I can't remember who all I've talked about this with. We need another gap for the rebellion to really establish itself, and then you can have Leia have passed away somewhere in the in between. You know, that right. way you you've, you've got a more full fully developed rebellion. You have some time for maybe Ray to actually have some training instead of just learning everything just because she touched a lightsaber. You know. <laughs> That, you know, not to bring up old old wounds, but it's like, I really liked The Last Jedi. But one of the things I had a major issue with was the fact that it started right after The Force Awakens. It needed, that story could have benefited so much from, no, I mean, it doesn't work as Luke through the lightsaber and all that other stuff. But like, I think one of the structural things that could have made it work was, had you given a little bit of breathing room between the two stories instead of, it was really like episode 8.5, you know, because it just continued there. So I think it's a great idea to get some breathing room in it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know they're talking about, I've heard rumors wise that they're doing a one year time jump. Is that still what their r- rumors are hitting around about? Uh, a one year time jump or? I think so. I was trying to find that story. I accidentally closed it out. The story I read today, I believe it said a one year. Uh, from comicbook.com. Yeah. It takes place one year after the previous film. Yeah, I mean, the Resistance really needs to recruit some more members, so I think yeah. they could use a year. <laughs> yeah, so... And then you have time for Kylo Ren to really establish himself as the new Supreme Leader, so... Mm, right, yeah. Um, so I guess my question is, since since there was all the hype of, oh, we're going to get the trailer Christmas Day, um, or a teaser trailer, list on our fear, when do you guys think we're going to get a at least a teaser trailer for the film? Avengers. I was thinking Super Bowl, but... I was a good theory too. I like that. Yeah. The, the first big trailer celebration, right? I mean, that's just kind of. Oh yeah. 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 The, okay, just want to make sure. And th- and that'll that'll be about two weeks before Avengers comes out. Mm, yeah. Well, but they'll keep it. They'll show it at celebration, but they won't put it out on the internet or anything. They'll keep it exclusive. I bet. No, it'll 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 drop. You think on the internet? Yeah. I think we're gonna get yeah. a. I like Derek said. I think we're gonna get our first teaser during the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, and then. Get Get a full trailer at at in April at in April yeah. and then they'll show it in front of Avengers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, like I said, it is last show of the year. Uh, fifty-one weeks have passed. Best Star Wars moments of this year. Uh, we could start anywhere with this. Han Solo. Hmm. Agree. Yeah. I, I think despite the, the backlash from the, the vocal minority, Solo was a great film. Yeah. I didn't like it as much as yeah. Rogue One, but I still loved it. I, and my wife, my wife finally got a chance to sit down and watch it, uh, I guess, last week, and she got all absorbed into it. You know, it just pulled her in. Yeah. Rogue One is something I, I think I always wanted, which is, I think is why. I love it so much, but solo there to see the Kessel run finally to see how he won the ship finally mm-hmm. fair and square. <laughs> but there were some gaps uh, of the mythos that were presented to us that I wish we saw. 
And right now we're, 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 well, like the whole thing with the Imperial Academy, which we're now getting in solo Imperial Cadet uh, by Marvel. Oh, neat. Um, and also, I think is like a deleted scene, too, isn't there? I think so. That, that expands on it a little bit. You know, I, I can only assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you've seen Solo. So I'm probably just preaching to a choir by saying this. But like, you know, look, I, I you guys, we talked about this when we did the Solo episode of I had no interest in seeing the Kessel run. I didn't want to see it. I was like, this is a story I don't need to be told how it works out. And that's a testament to how much fun I had at that movie that I walked away from it. Yeah. I enjoyed things. I, I wholeheartedly went into that movie expecting not to enjoy. And I think that's a testament to just everything involved in the film. Yeah. Cause like I, right. I didn't, I had, I'm, and I'm sitting here now preaching to you guys of like, man, you know, I've always said like, let's get away from the skywalkers. Let's get away from blah, blah, blah. Like let's try new things. So solo should have been everything I'm against, but I'll be damned if I didn't have a blast watching it. And I think it was truly a, a real bright spot. Yeah. Even yeah, when somebody pulled the yeah. fire alarm halfway through really it. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a big break in the middle of the film where I had to go outside the theater for about half an hour. And then they let us back in, had to wait like another half an hour while they were letting everybody go and get some fresh popcorn. And then they backed the film up about 20 minutes. So my first view in the theater was almost a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> So it's nice to have it here at home and not to be interrupted except for if I have to go to the bathroom, but then I can just pause it. Yeah. I, th I think one of the, the big, one of the most important things about the solo movie is that it was, it was fun. It was a yeah. fun movie. Yeah. And that's, that's what made it so good. I 100% agree. Yeah. And that's I, why I go to a movie. I want to have fun and get away from my serious life for a little bit. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I don't care about Oscar contending serious dramas. I'm not going to go to those. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Maybe that makes me not a great film buff, but you know what? I go to have a good time. And even if film is not not great, if I'm having fun, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, other best moments of Star Wars for you guys? Uh, the finale for Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was this year. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, yep. it's easy yeah. to forget it when we've had so much happen this year. But yeah, that, that uh, happened. I haven't, I haven't gotten to watch this yet, so I'm going to step away and get myself something to drink and y'all discuss <laughs> man yeah, you know, I, mean, I changed my answer yeah like the yeah. yeah like the second half of season four this year you know right off the bat and we got to see the the, the wolves in the door and we get to see kanan dying you get to see ezra and thrawn going off in the unknown regions and there was so much to it, so much to just enjoy there at the end as it, it came to a conclusion it was it was a lot it was a really cool way to kick off the year. Yeah. Rebel, yeah. Rebels was one of those shows that it's, it's, we talked about this with uh, when we did Resistance, too, of like Rebels started out slow for me. Um, I wasn't sold on it from the word jump. And I felt the same way about the Clone Wars and the Clone Wars movie. But Floney, this is why I just have faith in anything he does, because by the time Rebels ended, that show was spectacular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I loved that. The series finale. Um the funniest thing in all of Star Wars, man, is that one. It's the last season. It's the episode with the uh, the two droids. Um, is it Chopper and the the A7. Imperial droid? A seven. Yeah, yeah AP seven. When they're floating in outer space, and he gets picked up by the ghost, and he's just so pissed about being yeah. picked up. <laughs> I, classic. With him hallucinating or, or doing his little monologue, to me, I said, "Oh, this is such a tribute to Hitchhiker's Guide." <laughs> Uh, and and that's that's how I I felt to me is it was a a nod to Hitchhiker's Guide with that whole sequence. Awesome. So um, I, I I enjoyed that. Um, other moments that y'all considered best moments. I would I would say um, finding out about both the Mandalorian and the uh, the Rogue One series that yes. are coming to Disney Plus. Yeah. Casting Andor series. Yeah, I'd say uh, I'd say those are pretty big, big yep. moments. I would agree. Uh, I was definitely excited to hear more of the, the Andor series. Um, mm -hmm. I love the one shot that mm -hmm. Marvel did that kind of explained uh, how he and K2SO meet up. 
But I, I would love to. I would love to see that expanded a little bit more, or maybe even pick up shortly after that series or after that particular issue with the series. I'd also like to see more of uh, the commandos you see coming at the end that join up with Cassian and they join Jen. Because, yeah. you know, you get yeah. to see there's like a couple aliens and I mean, all the commandos, they go off and die on the planet. But yeah. maybe we could get some backstory on just who those guys were. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. The Cassian Endor series, we didn't realize we wanted, but after we heard about it, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, yeah. oh, OK, yeah, I'm in, I'm down for that. Well, a Star Wars version of James Bond. <laughs> Felicity yeah. Felicity Jones has even come out and says she would love to portray Ray on a Disney Plus series. Or not Ray, Jen. Sorry. Be, yeah, Jen or, Jen Long character. Oh, right. Yeah. I knew that's what you meant. <laughs> Which I, th- I think that would be kind of cool. <clears throat> That'd be interesting. Or even Blue Squadron. Yeah. 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 That'd be cool. Maybe you can get to see some early adventures with Wedge Antilles, you know. Mm. There's so much possible things that we could. Although that would be difficult because they, they would probably want to use some old footage. But if they could find an actor who looked kind of like, you know, Wedge a little, I think we would we would go with it. Right. That'd be cool. Yeah. Especially, uh, wasn't he a Corellian as well? Yes. I don't know if that's still canon or not. This is true. Because it was, ne- <laughs> it was never, it was never stated in the, uh, in the movies. He, uh, he showed up in Star Wars Rebels, but I, I can't remember if they ever said, like, where he was from or not. I don't, I don't know. Well, have they to... haven't, they haven't said he's not, so. <laughs> with it. True. And I, I think that even gives you an opportunity to, you know, maybe Boba Fett can make an appearance or two. You know, I want to know how Boba Fett established his reputation in the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, and I bet that kid who played a young Boba Fett is just about the right age. Mm. Yeah, I actually hung yeah. out with him at Celebration and uh, he's a pretty cool dude. So he's and he's like a perfect age for that right now. Daniel Logan is definitely yeah. hitting the right spot for that. Yeah. And he's a great guy. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the look, man. The sky's the limit. Disney Plus is such a smart move. I mean, it, oh, this, is, this is a yeah. topic, but like... Like, you know, film film is going in a new direction because television is for because streaming services are forcing film to change its dynamic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The idea of like, to be frank, a casting and or movie does not entice me at all. But a series that can be really cool because you can change up the settings. You can change up you know the through line of it. And I think it can offer a lot more interesting story opportunities because of the right. cast you can surround him with to grow him that you wouldn't be able to do in just a two-hour film. Right. Right. And you can do story arcs, too, throughout the yes. time. And you get Donald Glover to show up as Lando a few times, maybe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, because, I mean, if you make a Cassian and then you introduce Boba Fett into the movie, it's like it's a Cassian and Boba Fett movie. Yep. Okay. But you can have mm-hmm. Boba Fett show up in a couple episodes and it would be pretty sweet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, right. How's it what going? I want to know is, Jimmy Smith's on board to come back as Bell Organa because he's got to give him the missions, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. True. That'd be awesome. Yeah, well, yeah me, that would be. So let me throw this question out there. Each one of you guys have the opportunity to pitch a series for Disney+. Plus. What would you pitch? I'm going to have to accuse myself of this. Okay. I'm taking it inside inside info. I didn't say anything. Okay, just cut this <laughs> cut, cut this part out. Well, you 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 have recused yourself, so I don't see where anything could come back and get you. I would want to see a Kira series where we see Darth Maul in it too, and we get to see the exploration of that whole underworld angle there, and find out what happens to her, what's her journey, you know. I would love to see that, yeah. Yeah. Or if like they're not gonna make any more Han Solo movies, maybe they can move that to series. A Crimson mm. Dawn series? Mm-hmm. Ooh. That'd be good. Oh yeah. like Job of the Hut versus Crimson Dawn, you know, for who's gonna oh. be the, the main gangster of the universe, <laughs> you know. So um we got John who's recused himself because kind of same boat as when I have to recuse myself about rumors and speculation with park news. <laughs> which I totally get and totally respect. <laughs> uh, i got Steven who mentioned um, the Crimson Dawn series. Uh, let's go to Jeremy. I'm here thinking. Cause I'm, I'm actually thinking outside Star Wars of maybe something Marvel that I'd like to see done. Uh, I, you know, it, it just jumped in my head. I actually would enjoy some sort of live action version of Darkhawk. Nice. <laughs> okay. But how about with the Star Wars universe, though? Character, oh, character from the Star Wars universe to bring. Oh. Uh. While you're thinking, you know, the, first, go, the first thing jumped to mind was Ahsoka. Great option. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek. That's a good choice. Oh, boy. I would like to see a series uh, about uh, the modal nodes traveling <laughs> from show to show, performing, and the wacky adventures that they go through as they do it. <laughs> so the figure and Dan show. <laughs> like, like behind the scene, like behind the music. Yep. Get and the people and- who made that Troops fan film to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Do they run into yeah. some mom? Right. going to say, do they run into some mom at a spaceport who's trying to get home because she left her son at home? <laughs> <laughs> He's all alone on his own planet. We're we're, we're we're the greatest cantina band in in the mid <laughs> in the outer rims. <laughs> No, but here's the here's here's the version of the show that I want to see, and and I'm gonna say one word, actually two words: the monkeys. Oh, <laughs> is he figuring Dan in like that, like super sped up, like they're running around, like the little Benny Hill? <laughs> yeah. Across and then, and then the end of, at, at the end of each episode, they play a song. <laughs> A cross between the monkeys and the banana splits. <laughs> yeah, there we go. See, yeah, I'm telling that writes itself. I'm, I'm telling you, as long as the series, the season finale ends in like a battle of the bands between Max Rebo and the Max. Oh, Rebo. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, and uh, Jefferson Starship. <laughs> <laughs> from holiday special Cannon, baby. era. Uh, I, I have always tried because Mickey Thomas and Starship always plays Epcot during uh, typically during well both times of the year. They come during Flower and Garden and during Food and Wine. I always wondered what would happen if I snuck into the dressing room. I wouldn't actually do this <laughs> but how entertaining could it be if he walked into the dressing room and saw that scene playing on a loop on TV. <laughs> the high point of their career, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. They built this rock band on Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah. Now, <laughs> for for me, I would love to see a, a Dr. Afra series that takes place before we're introduced to her in Invader and then maybe run parallel to the to the Vader series. Vader and Dr. Afra series. That's yeah, a, that, could cool. that could totally be done. I mean, if you think about it, like you could almost do it even as like a mini series at first just yep. to test the interest. Mm-hmm. And then if it's successful, you could have a follow up that basically, to your point, like kind of almost encapsulates you. Because the comics, you know, that happened in the canon, so you don't right. want to like retread it. You, like that's yeah. that's right. somewhat of a disservice. You don't want to just remake the comic books into live action. But right. establishing that her and Vader have a relationship, because I mean, let's be honest, like you can have Vader anytime you want in any series. So yeah, that would mm-hmm. that totally work. That would be awesome. And and the way he he keeps her around. Almost like a pet. Oh yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah. But I, I want to see the effects of all those weapons coming out of BT one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, who would voice triple zero though? Ooh. Huh. Mm. Good question. I have not thought about this one. That's a that is a good question. Hmm. No, I'll just get Alan Tudyk. He does everything anymore for this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that could work. Yeah. Oh, um, who's the guy that played Nightcrawler? Oh, uh, um, X2. Oh, Alan Cummings. Alan yeah. Cummings. Yeah. Yes. Because he's like, he's got that like almost like prim and proper British accent, but yet yeah, that yeah. dude can play like creepy sinister so well that I think like he can uh, really interject multiple levels into the voice. I like it. it yeah, that's I, good. I, I was I was thinking Rob Paulson. Good work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. Especially if he added, you know, did something sinister, like you were talking about with the Cummings, Anthony Daniels type feel. But every now and then, part of the glitch is you get that little pinky narf or something <laughs> similar. Because it's the, it's the quirk in its programming. Right. So you, you get that little tick in them. I'm down. Hey, there you get whoever voiced uh, whatever that droid was at Knights of the Old Republic, you know, meat bag. Oh, <laughs> you know, the assassin uh, droid. <laughs> Yeah. Is HK oh, HK HK something, yeah. So HK forty seven. 
I love him. He was awesome. <laughs> so what do you guys think the over, just out of curiosity, what do you guys think the over under is that, you know, we're going to be getting to like this eventually when we get to the worst of, but one of the things I was going to discuss was just star Wars and its relationship to fans and how, you know, this, this has been a very like interesting year when it comes to that. And uh, sure. I would almost argue that sure. some of the things that have gone down have made the likelihood of seeing a, a KOTOR movie more likely now than it has been in the past. Hmm. See, that- so what do you guys think the over-under of doing... Even if it's not a movie, but a maybe a series on Disney Plus set in that time frame. See, I kind of okay, let me wipe the drool off my face a little bit there. I'm kind of <laughs> hoping the guys from Game of Thrones that that's what they touch on. <laughs> I think it would be perfect. Maybe, but now now I'm thinking it might they might do it as a series mm-hmm. instead of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Does it seem it seems like that might be less risky? Yeah, that's true. I mean, there is a, a lot to cover a lot of characters so a series would get more room to to tell uh, more of the story yeah yeah Yeah, i mean you could literally do kotor one the you know proper as a mini series see Mm -hmm. how it goes and then what's there like okay people dug this let's expand it from there you know i mean especially with the way it ends um With Revan and everything, like, hey, this could be pretty cool. I would be down for that. Definitely. 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 Now, what what about a series involving Plagueis and Palpatine? Mm. I think it's totally doable, too. Yeah. It has to be, you have to have Ian McDermott, though, as Palpatine. Yeah, you really do. I don't know if I'd be able to accept it if it was anyone else. Yeah. Even if we want, like, a younger, like, with the the prequel trilogy, with the younger Obi-Wan, with McGregor. Yeah, I guess it would be a younger since you can play, I guess. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to have they'd have to have good casting it because if the casting was wrong, it wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do it as an animated series, and you can still get Ian McDermott to voice him. Yeah, yeah. That would be a really dark cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> <It> definitely would. <laughs> yeah, you get them to animate it in Japan. They're used to doing dark cartoons. <laughs> well, yeah. Never knew Plagueis had so many tentacles. Ooh, I went there again. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I kind of, since we're getting close to the end, worst moments in the Star Wars franchise or Star Wars culture. Uh, L3. Now, you see, I liked L3. Yeah, I did too. Even my wife was like, what? This character's really annoying. It's like, and I, as I was telling her, it's, it's like Jar Jar. They've made a character that is, is now has to be important, but you don't know, was this supposed to be funny? Because it's not working. I'm really just annoyed by this character the whole time. For me, it would yeah. be Niku and Star Wars Resistance. The little green alien guy. Yeah. That guy's just not working for me. Yeah. I only watched the first episode. He was wasn't that bad in the first episode. Eh, he gets worse. Um, <laughs> I'm so behind on my Star Wars cartoons. Well, I, you know, I've been busy. <laughs> I don't think I, he doesn't really bother me that much. For some reason, I can kind of ignore him. Um, I think he's almost, I mean, it kind of works with the show, but he's almost too honest, too literal. He's very much yeah. like the data of the show, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. Eve. Um, again, this is going back to like Clone Wars and Rebels, man. Like every issue I have with Resistance so far, I'm willing to just chalk up to like I'm going to give the show time mm-hmm. because I trust what where Filoni's going to take it. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't really get his his stride going until second season. Yeah, well, I hated Ahsoka Tano um, first several times I saw her, and she became my favorite character in all of Star Wars. So, yep, exactly. Still waiting for that cover. It's in the works. Sweet. <laughs> Uh, I would say that my the worst thing from Star Wars, like I don't, I hate using that term, but and I kind of touched on this, but like because I think that a positive can come out of it, but I think Star Wars, let, let's be honest, on a, I think on a on a general public level, like not not us, like like there's us diehards. And not to say that some of the people that have complaints with Star Wars aren't diehards, because I think that's a that's a misnomer as well. Um, there was somewhat of a fractioning of the Star Wars fandom over this past year, and yes. um, mm. and I'm not I'm not willing to take sides on that because again, I think that I think shade is thrown on both sides unjustly. I think there are people that have issues with Star Wars that are completely justified, and somebody like myself who loves Star Wars, I know some people that still love Star Wars, and I think they're unjustified if that makes sense. 
in some of their reasoning. Um, again, I, I think we should all just appreciate and take everyone's opinion with respect, but I'm hoping that Star Wars learns from what is going on in the fandom now, because um, everything seems to, you know, like The Force Awakens, The Force Awakens was a byproduct of certain issues people had with the prequels. The Last Jedi was a response to some of the issues people had with The Force Awakens. And I'm hoping that Star Wars starts to go in a better in in a, in a new direction that can give people more what they want. So yeah, I th- I think that's what worked with Rogue One. I think that's what's worked with Solo. Um, they were great films. They they weren't part of the episodics, and they they carried well. Mm-hmm. This is why I I think for the sake of the fans let's get through episode nine for better for worse and then after that just go and not do anything more with the episodics if the characters carry over into other films great no more episodic films no more episode 10 11 12 whatever right yeah let it die let's expand on new things or expand on on tales of old to kind of or stuff from the expanded universe to bring it canon. Uh, I still think we need to do some of that to to cater to to some fans. Not, yeah, we don't have to do it yeah. all the time. But bringing a few elements in, like I like how they brought Thrawn back, but they now it's slightly different, but yet it's the same. So you you get some of that yeah. stuff. Maybe even bring some elements of Shadows of the Empire in. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. And you you don't have to. You can change it like they did with Theron, and it could still work. Mm-hmm. And still, people would be happy because you get, you know, the, the characters you want and such. Yeah. All they need to do is an X-Wing trilogy or an X-Wing series. And yes. that would just be make money-making machine right there. And yeah. at, at this point in time, yeah. do you make it set in the sequel trilogy, or do you make it set within the original trilogy. I'd set it in between Return of the Jedi and the sequel trilogy. That way you can actually still do the X-Wing series. I mean, you're still fighting remnants of the Empire after Return of the Jedi. So so maybe maybe take some... ground to cover there too so there's plenty of room for stories and you so, still get to use x-wings and tie fighters things so, that people recognize so yeah. maybe, so maybe take a little bit from star wars resistance and, and discuss the new republic um military yeah. or the pilots of the new republic where cat blend that a little bit as comes from blend it with like what we got from battlefront 2 mm-hmm. the story mode there yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean because like the battle of jakku that's not happened on film, you know. That's yeah. all in the ex- expanded universe here. Yeah, may do an X-wing series and show everybody what happened with that because that could look really cool. And there's your chance to reintroduce Dash Rendar, make him part of that somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, th- exactly. and this is where you can also bring in Jaeger into a live action and, and bring back Os- Oscar Isaacs for that with the Battle of Jakku. <laughs> so, um. So I think to fix everything is just throw it out there and ask everybody what they want and just everything into one movie and then everybody will have something they like and everybody will have something to complain about. There you go. <laughs> You'd end up with a big wad of garbage, though, because everybody wants something yeah, different. Sure. You'd have such a messed up, you know, you wouldn't know where the story is going at all. It's like, there's so much stuff in here that none of this even fits together. Yeah. Exactly. Because you can but never then, please they, everybody. Right. But then they could say, that's what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, well, that's going to bring us to a close. Final thoughts from you guys. I'm stoked for 2019. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Although it I... might be till 2020 before when I get a chance to visit Galaxy's Edge because I'll let the, the, the crowd die down yeah. a little bit. <laughs> well, Florida, they're saying fall. I, I hope it's before the holidays because if they try and do it during the holidays, that's going to be insane because they're already talking over 200,000 mm-hmm. for California. Mm. Which is going to be nuts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be nuts because the park park caps at less than that, a lot less than that. <laughs> so buy your tickets early and reserve your space on the ride. Get your fast passes now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's going to sell out in seconds. Any other final thoughts? Um, I think with Galaxies coming with. Uh, all the stuff on Disney Plus coming with Episode Nine coming. Uh, 
I think we're we're in for some uh, very good and interesting Star Wars moments yeah. coming up. I agree. And I'm very much looking forward to all of it. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I'll never forget, man, like how many people were, how, how much quote-unquote Star Wars was dead after The Phantom Menace and after Attack of the Clones and after Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith. And right. it only takes one good movie to bring it. Like, I remember, you know, it only takes one and they're back. Yep. No, so... I think I think we're in. I think it's it's in good hands, man. Definitely. And I'm hoping with yeah. this Disney Fox deal that we get the original versions of the film out in a, a Blu-ray digital format. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna have to. Well, if they do, they're they're gonna have to do like they did when they released it on DVD and go back to the the uh, laser disc copy because supposedly <laughs> they because the supposedly the original um the the original negatives are in bad shape or the original prints are in bad shape. Yeah. Well, who was that? That, you know, and because it's even out, they have an HD version of the first one. I don't know if they've gotten Empire out, but they went and they took a, as they got as many of the original prints as they could, and they have actually released an HD version, you know, kind of piratey version without even having the Episode Four part of the crawl. I mean, it's just the original crawl and everything. Uh, I can't remember who was working on that, but yeah, they were just trying to get as many copies of the print and getting the best of the stuff and actually making a high definition version. So maybe yeah. they go with that guy and say, okay, here, this is what we need to grab. Let's go ahead and release this as a blue ray and yeah. just hire the guy you know <laughs> yeah really well i think that's going to bring us to a close again i uh, wish everyone a happy holidays i hope jedi master santa comes and has treated y'all well um would love to see you guys post on on our social media at wookie radio uh some of the star wars stuff that y'all get this year for for christmas and, and what was brought to you from santa uh, also, too, check out the store. Do like John did at the top of the show. Get yourself a sweatshirt, hockey jersey, baseball jersey. We want to see those pictures because at the end of March, end of the first quarter, we're going to pick a winner from all that, and y'all are going to get a, a prize, a, hopefully a really good prize uh, as, as I'm working on trying to figure out what to, to get for this. But there'll be a nice little prize pack uh, for the winner. So on that final note, um, Jeremy, where can they find your show? NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find us, of course, on iTunes, out on Google, Stitcher. I'm everywhere. Although I did reformat to where now we're known as Neverland to Disney and beyond. That way, the people who are looking at the show know exactly what to expect from us, because I think I confused people a little bit before. Okay. And Steven, where can they find you? Find me at uh, RocoDepot.com. We're also on Twitter and Facebook at RocoDepot. And... If you guys want to know what other great shows to listen to besides Wookiee Radio, check out the podcast and review each week on Roco Depot. Some great shows out there. Great insight. And if you're a Star Wars podcaster that's listening to us, take notes to, to what Steven says about your show. And as you know, take them openly and, and adjust and, and adapt your show. It will make you a better show in the long run. Definitely. So, John. What about you? Oh, man. Um, well, I just finished up. Uh, you can see some of my new work on the new Conan series. Yes, uh, those covers look covers. great. Thank you. Uh, Black Order. Um, just finished up a 10-issue run on X-Men. And obviously monthly on the Star Wars books, man. So uh, find me on social media, at John Tyler Chris on Twitter and John Tyler Christopher on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. And of course, Derek, you're right here with me twice a week on Wookiee Radio and Weeby Geeks. And of course, your own shows, Keepers of the Fringe and New England Society of Geeks. Yes, indeed. So, and then Ken, who who had to bail early to avoid Imperial detection. Uh, you can also <laughs> find him on Geek Watch One and DC Superpowers Podcast along with here. So again, happy holidays. Look forward to seeing everyone next year. And until next time... Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet! I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>